Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Leading Edge Love Radio. This is your host, Sumati Sparks, the Open Relationship Coach. Have you ever wondered how well-suited you are for ethical non-monogamy? Well, you can find out by taking my quiz. And you can find the quiz right on the homepage of my website, sumatisparks.com. And when you request the quiz, you'll be automatically added to my mailing list and you'll be the first to learn about my virtual events and to receive occasional helpful tidbits of advice and information to add more love, passion, and joy into your life. So tonight, I am really excited to have as my coach, Jean sullivan Delecci. Jean is a certified life coach and the author of, this, of Be the Soulmate You Want to Attract. After many years of coaching in the corporate world, Jean decided to pursue her life passion and become the soulmate coach. She has entertained and inspired millions in media interviews with her extraordinary midlife love story, where she turned her marketing skills on herself to attract her husband overnight. She helps people step up for themselves and live their most purposeful lives so they can attract a true partner who supports and elevates their vision. Welcome to the show, Jean. Hey, Sumati. I'm so happy to be here. So glad to have you. Um, yeah, I met you in a business gathering, and I was really excited to learn about your story. And um, you said to me, well, I'm, you know, I'm monogamous, and I mostly coach monogamous people. And I thought, well, here's the change. Let's see if polyamorous people can learn something from monogamous people, because we're often telling <laughs> monogamous people that they need to learn from us about our communication skills and so forth. So, you know, I thought, you know, polyamorous people are looking for soulmates, too, and maybe more than one. But still, you know, we all want partners that meet us and that fulfill us and support our vision, like elevate our vision, like you said. So I thought it would be really great for us to learn about your story and what you teach. So thank you so much for being here. And I, I wanted to have you start out by just telling us a little bit about your evolution from being a corporate coach to a soulmate coach. Well, you know, it's really funny. If you had asked me 10 years ago if I'd be doing this, I would have thought you were crazy. But, you know, it's really funny how the universe just kind of guides you where you need to be. And I was career coaching, just as you said. I was in Silicon Valley. And, you know, it was it was fine. I enjoyed coaching uh, for career. But inevitably, whenever I was coaching someone and they would get their career in order, they would say, you know, it's funny. I've got this great career now. And, but I'm finding like, I would really love a partner to share it with or, or partners, or, you know, I would like to really improve my relationship. I've kind of neglected my relationship. How can I really improve that? 
And when those subjects would come up, I just really lit up inside. And when I would share, you know, stories about how I met my husband, how I attracted my husband, people were really inspired. And it kind of guided me towards maybe this is my life purpose. You know, people are supposed to gain hope from my story. Um, So with me, I was, you know, in my mid forties and I don't know if you remember the movie sleepless in Seattle. There was a, a quote, Remember uh, when Rosie O'Donnell's character says to Meg Ryan's character, hey, you have a better chance of meeting or getting a husband after 40. You have a better chance of being killed by a terrorist after 40 than meeting a husband. Finally got that right. (laughs) So, you know, I was in my mid 40s and, you know, women start to worry at that point. And I was one of them initially and I was 300 pounds. So that was something a lot of people said would be problematic. And most of all, people would tell me, especially women, oh, you know, Jean, you've got a really strong personality. No one's going to want that. And um, I just decided not to buy into all that narrative, um, which I called midlife dating myths. And I just decided to turn my marketing skills on myself and just be wildly authentic about who I was, what I was into. I flew my freak flag. And that's when a whole new type of person came in on the dating app. And one of them, the very next day, was my husband. The very next day. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. It was a sign from the universe, I think, that this whole law of attraction thing that I had been practicing, uh, really, there was really something to it. It's really about how you shift and feel your way to what you want. It's all about, to me, stepping into your personal sovereignty and you're vibrating at a much higher frequency that attracts the love that you know deep down you deserve, but just somehow weren't in alignment with before. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I love that you mentioned personal sovereignty because I work with a lot of couples who've been together for a while who want to open their relationship. And one of the first things I teach them is to unenmesh because couples who live together inevitably get very enmeshed and they have to have some more (laughs) personal sovereignty if they're going to date other people. Otherwise, they're going to get into little arguments about like, why did you come home at 9.05? You said you're going to be home at 9, you know? So all these little oh, arguments gosh, they have. Yes. <laughs> but when, you're, when you have more <laughs> personal sovereignty, you can set each other free because you're, you're um, capable of enjoying your own company and you're not needing that other person to define you. So is that kind of what you're teaching your, your clients? I love that. It is really about personal freedom, isn't it? Just the, the freedom to live out loud, to be who you are. And to be with somebody who really gets that and can take all of you, the light and the shadow, and really accept what your needs are and really respect that and vice versa. It's really, I think freedom is a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, well, tell me a little bit more about what it is you do do. <laughs> <laughs> so the main focus of my work is taking a client. Usually it's someone And I've treated all genders, I've coached all genders and all different types of relationship desires. Um, But the main thing I focus on, you know, is getting them off the focus of, uh, you know, 
tactics, right? How am I going to get this soulmate or soulmate? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I have them take a step back and really focus on themselves, taking a look at, are you living on purpose? Are you showing up for yourself in all areas of your life? Are you waiting for a soulmate or soulmates to complete you or before you even take a stab at your own dreams? And I have a lot of clients, even the most successful, powerful people are often in a state of of waiting. And I explain that it's that if they stop waiting and even just take baby steps towards their own personal dreams, they will be at such a higher frequency in their life that they will automatically attract not only more soulmates of that higher vibration, but other relationships, ideal clients, ideal people to work with. And it would even improve their, their personal relationships too. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that must explain why I keep hearing people say that when you become really happy being single, when you're really happy with your own company, <laughs> with being alone, and you really aren't needing a partner. You like a partner, but you don't need one. That's when an awesome person shows up. Almost always. It's so fascinating that, that you say that because inevitably when I say that, I can see them rolling their eyes because most of the people who come to me are really impatient. Usually they've been waiting a long time and they just are so frustrated. And I have to get them out of that that pattern of being frustrated and pushing for a result Mm -hmm. and at least for the, the result of attracting a soulmate and really focus on their own result of stepping up for, for themselves. And that's really what's going to make the difference. There's something in law of attraction called law of allowing. And I try to explain to people that you can have a vision of what you want, but if you don't make space for that, it's not really going to be able to show up for you if you're just constantly pushing and not really being mindful in and of your own space and focusing on your own self. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So we got started on this show a little bit later than usual tonight due to um, Mercury retrograde in shadow. (laughs) That's what I'm going to blame it on. So I'm going to invite people to call in a little bit earlier than usual tonight if anybody's been waiting to call in. The call-in number is 657-383-1132. You won't interrupt this. You'll just be put on hold, and we'll grab your call when the time is right. Again, that number is 657-383-1132, and I'll announce it again in about 15 minutes. So um, define for me what you mean by soulmate. So for me, a soulmate is... Someone who is perfectly positioned to help you elevate on your own vision for your future. So let me see if I could say that a different way. So it's not somebody who completes you, but it's somebody who offers the right resistance and the right support to help elevate you onto your true life path, your true north A lot of people who come to me think, you know, I haven't met the right person yet, or I'm married to someone that can't be right because we're constantly fighting. And and I explain to them, sometimes it's the right resistance that actually helps you, you know, 
resolve your own issues. You can be mirrors for each other and then resolve your own issues so that you can kind of push each other (laughs) up and, you know, focusing on your own life mission. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Absolutely. And I love that. Yeah, because so often we're looking for, well, I know when I was younger, I was willing to um, betray myself and, you know, twist myself into a pretzel to be what I thought my partner wanted me to be so that I could get that love and that I wouldn't have to be alone. And so this is quite the opposite of that, that I'm not wanting to change myself. I'm wanting someone who accepts mm-hmm. where I am or at least fits with me, like they're, whatever they bring to the table um, uh, blends with what I'm wanting to accomplish in my life and we help lift each other up. Exactly. And I think one of the reasons at least with my clients, I think one of the reasons they often will miss somebody who could be a soulmate relationship for them is that they're focused, really focused too much. They're leading with physical chemistry and they're focused so much on whether I like the picture or um, I feel like I want to kiss this person. And they tend to, you know, kind of put blinders on and forget about the spiritual chemistry, the emotional chemistry, and you were, you said it, the person that I feel really comfortable with, accepted by, and there's no excited butterflies feeling with that. And sometimes people think, oh, if it's like a friendship vibe, that means there's no chance of, of romance. But that often opens the door to a much deeper love and the passion will, will follow suit. It really just it's just better to lead with, like you said, you know, somebody who accepts you and somebody who really supports you and elevates you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me think of there's a term in the polyamory world called NRE, which is an acronym for new relationship energy. And it's that mm-hmm. kind of chemical, that biochemical high that we get from a new love. And it can be really destructive mm-hmm. to ourselves and to any existing relationships we have because we take it seriously and think it means something when it's really just a, a, a cocktail that our brain is having you know <laughs> and if you can yeah. just kind of enjoy it for what it is and not think that it means this is the person I have to be with whereas what you're saying is your soulmate is somebody who doesn't just make you feel high and feel that rush but somebody who um, you know like you said earlier allows you to elevate your own vision but I love that so so this is what what you mean when you, the name of your book is be the soulmate you want to attract. So you're, if you're out there living your vision, you know, being, mm-hmm. being the person who elevates your own vision, then through the law of attraction, you're attracting somebody at that same vibration level. Is that kind of what that means? Exactly. So in law of attraction, you really want to feel your way to what you want. And so that really takes work. It takes really getting aligned and, and changing your self-limiting beliefs so you actually believe energetically that you can have that, that you can have what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you said that you see, have so many clients come to you who are in that state of frustration and you're having to help them <laughs> shift that mindset. So like, what would be the ideal client? Like, who do you prefer to see? Well, my favorite clients are people like that because I really feel I understand them. I I was that person um, back in the day. I really understand where they're coming from. 
uh, someone who is really successful in their life and cannot figure out why can I not find somebody that really elevates and supports me. I, I keep feeling like I have to dial myself down so the other person doesn't feel threatened. And I keep attracting people who kind of weigh me down and keep me from my purpose. And so I like to help people like that to, to open up their possibilities and understand they absolutely can have what they want. They just have to change their mind. Mm-hmm. And Does that how make do sense? You with, yeah, totally. How do you deal with, you know, patterns that maybe started in our childhood where, um, you know, our father abandoned us, so then we p- keep picking people that abandon us or we get into that mm-hmm. anxious versus avoidant attachment dance, you know? <laughs> how do you help people <laughs> Yeah, old, exactly. Old patterns? I do. So what I do, so I have a six-step process that I use um, in my coaching. And the first couple of steps relate to what you're talking about. And the first is taking a second look at forgiveness. And a lot of times um, my ideal client who tends to be also very empathic, and that means, too, that they also tend to do a lot of work on themselves um, because they tend to attract, you know, narcissists or people who – you know, really kind of, you know, contribute 10% to the relationship and they contribute 90%. So mm-hmm. I help them to, first of all, take a look at that. What what was going on there? And not only energetically forgive, like cut the cords, the energetic cords, but to more, more than that, forgive themselves because they tend to get wrapped up in this story that I always do this. I always make this mistake. And to reframe it as not a mistake, but how did you discover more about yourself and what you need and deserve from this? Rather than punishing yourself, how can you really learn from this situation? And that usually takes a lot of the charge out of it. And, it, and when then we take a look then at their patterns, again, what was that about? Is there you know, something that I've been doing that I really need to check in on my my limiting beliefs or am I letting somebody else write the narrative of my story? You know, is there a role I've been playing in my family unit or in my life of what other people expect of me? And then I help them to like take the, te- the pen back and write their own story, be in charge of their own narrative and be the hero or heroine of their own story. A lot of times, even the most you know, powerful men, women are still in some areas of their life, not really in full claim of their power. And so Mm -hmm. to me, that's really what it's all about, reclaiming that power and living out loud. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So you talk about how when you started to really accept who you were as the the outspoken, opinionated woman who was middle-aged and (laughs) not as Twiggy supermodel and you just kind of owned it you met somebody the next day so how does that match with how you turned your marketing skills on yourself excellent question so what I didn't mention was that so I went on this two-year journey after my previous um, relationship failed and I wanted to know why was I constantly attracting men who couldn't give me what I wanted, who were afraid of commitment, 
Uh, and why did I settle for so long? Why did I hang on so long? And I, I claimed full responsibility for that. And I went on this two-year journey learning, you know, how do I shift that? How do I really see myself in a new way? And I put myself online and I was doing something right in the, in the sense that I was attracting a lot of attention. And, but I was attracting really young men. So I was kind of this accidental cougar, and that's not really what I was looking for, but I was curious about why that was. And I would ask them, you know, what, what brought you to me? And they would say, well, you look really fun. You look like you're very confident. Um, you look smart. But more than that, like, you look, you look like you don't want to marry me. You don't want to have my baby, and you probably will be better in bed. So that's what brought me to you. <laughs> And mm-hmm. I said, oh, that's very interesting. What am I projecting that's kind of off? Because I actually said I wanted um, a long-term relationship. So what I realized from that was I wasn't completely painting a picture of what I wanted. So I decided for me, as boring as it would be for some, I wanted the traditional marriage. I wanted the mm-hmm. ring. That's what I really wanted, but I was afraid to say it because I was afraid I would scare people away. Mm-hmm. So I said that. I said, you know, um, I said what some of my interests were. And, you know, some of my interests were, for example, I liked going to, you know, punk rock concerts. I loved going to drag shows. So I was surprised that some people couldn't handle even a drag show. And I realized <laughs> I want to scare away. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like, to me, that's like so, so much fun and so empowering and drag queens are such great examples of living out loud. But mm-hmm. um, I want, I realize I want to scare those people away. I just mm-hmm. want to attract people who really get a kick out of that. And that's really what mm-hmm. happened the next day when I really put that branding out there, I was really truthful and authentic in how I rewrote my profile and changed my pictures Bam, the next day, it was not only my husband, but other men around my age, similar values and goals, who were just enamored with that profile. It was, it was astonishing how quickly the universe responded when I made that shift. Mm. Yeah, because, uh, you know, as, as women, you know, we're often trained to be pleasing and support, support our men. I mean, even my mother, you know, her generation couldn't even have their own bank account, you know, like their, their whole life is to support yeah. their husband. And that's still in our programming. And so when we're molding ourselves to what we think our partner wants, we're not, we end up with somebody with whom we can't even have real intimacy, right? Cause in, I think of intimacy as yeah. into me, you see. So if you're just seeing this, you know, fake person who's just trying to be, you know, be an actress, <laughs> that's not really intimacy. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I was portraying myself initially as a easy breezy, happy go lucky. That's how they were receiving me. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was kind of portraying myself as a, you know, vanilla, but I was really rocky road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so once I was honest about that and claimed it and flew it out there. It was just amazing how other people were like, gosh, I want that too. I really resonated with that. And I tried all of those guys out. <laughs> right. Um, 
And that's the other thing, too, I tell people is, you know, don't just put all your eggs in one basket, no matter what your ultimate goal is. You know, just try different people on because sometimes you learn from that process, maybe how you have to clear, clarify your, you know, your vision in order to get what you really want and deserve. Right. The dating process can teach you what you want and what you don't want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's funny because I, I just I was speaking to a new client the other day who um, wants to be what we call solo polyamorous, where you don't have a primary partner. You just date people. It doesn't mean that you don't have committed loving relationships, but you just don't have hierarchy. And you probably don't want to live with sense. somebody. Yeah. So she had been married for 100 years and, you know, she's a little older and, and wanted to live the rest of her life with more freedom in her relationships. So she was hoping to have younger lovers. She wanted um, younger men who didn't want to have a commitment and have babies, but she was attracting people that kept wanting to glom onto her. So it was like exactly opposite <laughs> of your situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they're scared. And and it's funny, I live part time in Ireland. And I see especially, um, I get a lot of women uh, over 60, who, because of the generational ties and how they were brought up, they are absolutely petrified of having to be chained down to a guy who wants them to be, you know, cooking and cleaning and being Mm -hmm. the nurse in the purse. Right. And so that's what they're attracting, because they're so fearful of it. Right, exactly. That's it. The fear is attracting it because you're focusing on that fear instead of focusing on what the feelings that come when you have what you want, right? Yes, exactly. And also trusting yourself to have the boundaries and the power to say no to that and to say yes to something else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Something better. So you say you help people boost their dating confidence by channeling their alter ego. Tell me more about what that means. (laughs) So it's not channeling a different person. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Beyonce has an alter ego called uh, Sasha Fierce. And when she was a little girl, she was very sassy and uh, loved to perform but, you know, when she became a teenager and then went into the music business, it can be pretty demoralizing. You know, there's a lot of people who say you aren't good enough, um, even people like Beyonce. And so she started to really get a terrible stage fright. And so she would she named that part of herself from when she was younger that kind of got sent away from life. And, you know, people saying she wasn't good enough. And she reclaimed that. She called it Sasha Fierce. And she would, before she would go on stage, she'd embody that. But it really was a part of herself that she lost. So for me, um, that part of me that got lost over the years was what I call my inner drag queen. And her name is Mystique Royale. I I used to be terribly, (laughs) I used to be terribly afraid of public speaking. But I was always a ham when I was younger. But I lost that over time, you know, uh, working in the corporate world, you know, women are made to feel less than quite often. And I just lost that side of myself. So I would channel that when I had to go public speaking. And it helped me every single time. So I help clients figure out 
what is that for you? Is it a full, you know, personality that kind of needs to be reclaimed or is it a quality? Like, have you forgotten that you're a flirt? You know, for Mm -hmm. example, have you forgotten Mm -hmm. how to play, how to have fun? Because that's your secret sauce for attracting the right people is reclaiming those parts of you that are really, you know, really sexy and make people want to get closer to you. Mm-hmm. I love it. So, Jean, we have a caller. Are you ready to see what question they have? Sure. Okay, here we go. Hi. My name is Elizabeth, and I just love everything that you've been sharing, Jean. This is so helpful. And you were speaking earlier about how you were vanilla so that, you know, (laughs) it wasn't really bringing in the right people, but your rocky road and worrying about how you wanted to scare off, you know, the people that weren't going to be a match. Well, I worry Mm -hmm. about, like, if I let my freak flag fly, how do I not overdo it and and scare off people that I do want to connect with? What is the balance of really being authentically me without being too scary or (laughs) (laughs) forward? No, that's a great question. I get that a, a lot. It's a wonderful question. And thank you for asking and thank you for calling in. Um, Yes, it is a balance. Um, One thing to remember is, you know, we've been talking about law of attraction. And, you know, sometimes we get caught in the trap of a lack mindset. You know, we focus on, you know, there isn't enough for everyone to go around. And we start to think there are too many limitations. We can't have what we want. And we focus on what we don't want, what we lack. So if you turn that around and you start to be comfortable with scaring people away, take the charge out of it and say, thank you, universe, for showing me that this person wasn't the right person for me, you know, that this person can't accept me for who I am. And it's actually through embracing that, that actually can help you feel a lot more free to really be who you are. And I promise you that, If you're really honest and authentic about who you are, what you want, what you're into, if you're just patient, that person who really resonates with that or persons, I think we have more than one soulmate, they will find you. You just have to keep putting yourself out there and keep focusing on being your juicy, delicious self. Mm. Does that make sense? It, It does, and it feels very liberating. Yeah, and, you know, there was a statistic I read recently that most um, happily married couples started off as friends. And we're trained Mm. to think that that's settling because it it isn't necessarily super exciting or butterflies in the stomach. But the person who just makes you feel comfortable and accepted is really the one that you should pay attention to, you know, and that's – it's really liberating. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is very helpful, and uh, I feel a new sense of optimism. Yay. I'm so happy about that. Thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate that. Thank you for, for doing this this evening. I'm enjoying it. All Excellent. right. Thank you, for, thank you for calling in. If anybody else wants to call in, I'll repeat the number again. It's 657-383-1132. 
area code 657-383-1132. So um, can you say a little bit more about the chemistry thing? Because you said most couples that are happy uh, marry their best friend, but I think that's easier said than done. You know, we get pulled in by yeah. chemicals in our brain, like I talked mm-hmm. about earlier, and sexual attraction. And so, you know, part of me is thinking like, oh, so I have to give that up. I have to like never feel turned <laughs> on again and just like settle for my best friend. Absolutely not. Um, and I, and it's, I'm so glad that you brought that up because the distinction is all I'm saying is to be mindful of not leading with physical chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not to overlook it. It's not to, um, you know, just settle for someone who doesn't excite you at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying to fo- refocus the priority. Um, I just find that with a lot of people, because we're taught to look for that big Hollywood spark and the butterflies, we're looking for that and leading with that when that's really more, like you said, what was it? You, you called it like a, a cocktail. Of yeah. Maybe <laughs> I loved how you put it. It was like a hormonal cocktail, you know? Right. And if you could just really focus more on is this person, you know, somebody I could potentially feel like they're supportive, like a friend? Is this somebody who really accepts me as I am right now? Does it make me feel like I have to lose weight or I have to put on a lot of makeup or I have to pose as someone else? And then, of course, um, somebody you feel like a, a, a spiritual connection to, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then to me, when you have that kind of a deep connection, for me, I didn't have that excitement when I met my husband. I did not have that. I wasn't looking for it. I was looking instead for the person who accepted me as I was. And, you know, the chemistry, the physical chemistry was still there. It was just kind of simmering (laughs) beneath Mm -hmm. the surface. Mm -hmm. And then it just got set free once that connection was really established. I felt free and safe to really be myself. And that to me made sex that much more satisfying. Like mm. hopefully that, that kind of clarifies it. What do you think about yeah. that? No, definitely. I have a friend that moved to the Midwest from Maui where I am. And I'm like, you moved to Kansas from Maui? <laughs> she why. But she just needed a change and she got an intuition that that's where she was supposed to be. And she met this man and they were both taking a break from dating and they became really good friends. And when he started dating other people, when he was ready to date again, she said, oh, no, 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 wait a minute. I want him. <laughs> and now they're married <laughs> and very happy. So, um, so yeah, she started out as friends with him and she's super happy. And I think when he started to date other people, she kind of went, oh, yeah, he's kind of nice, isn't he? He's kind of hot. So there was something about other people desiring him that made her see that Mm-hmm. It was a good catch. <laughs> yeah, it can work like that too. <laughs> and I know that can be true also for people that open their relationship. Um, if they might be in like a stale place sexually or, you know, they've been together a long time mm-hmm. and the sparks aren't flying anymore. And as soon as one of them starts dating mm-hmm. someone else, they realize like other people desire their partner. And they're like, yeah, they are kind of cute, aren't they? Or there's this primal thing that kicks in around, you know, I better 
up my game because they've got a new partner. So I better up my game so they, <laughs> they want me too. So something yeah, that opening makes, can juice things up. Yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That really mm-hmm. does. And I know Esther Perel, who works with monogamous couples, to be a little more in the direction of monogamish, where she tells mm-hmm. them to like get a little space from each other. Like, even if you're not going to romance or be sexual with other people, just go for lunch with somebody of the opposite sex if you're straight or somebody that you might yeah. date. Just go go for lunch with them, just to create just enough of that little bit of tension there, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So, no, that makes how, perfect how, sense. How long have you guys been married now? We've been married uh, 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I can really relate to what you're saying. I mean, even in a monogamous relationship, I always feel like, you know, when a, a man, you know, says something kind of flirty to me, it, you know, it kind of captures my husband's attention. And, mm-hmm. you know, he pays more attention to me, you know, even if he mm-hmm. doesn't realize it. Or if I see a woman who looks at him with admiration, it kind of helps me to see him with new eyes, like the eyes that I looked at him with when we were younger. And it does add a spark. That's a really good point. Yeah. And how does he feel about kind of being in your story that like you've meshed your personal story in with your business life now? And so he's kind of part of that, whether he likes it or not. How does he feel about that? (laughs) Well, He's really supportive, um, and I think that was really part of the test for me, as you know, as a relationship coach. You know, even the best relationships go through, you know, hard times, um, go through resistance. But no matter what we went through, he was always there for me. He was always there to remind me when I forgot myself about who I was and what I wanted and what I deserved. He was always there to remind me, even during the tough times. And I really tried to do the same for him. So to me, that's really the test. If a person, no matter what you go through together, is always going to be there for you and elevating you in the best way that they can, then that person's worth, that, that person's a keeper for sure. And if you find more than one of that, that's even better. It hits the jackpot, yeah. So what, um, what, how, how do you continue to use the tools that allowed you to find your husband to keep your relationship happy and working? I think it's, um, you know, we do make time to make dates together, which mm-hmm. was not as easy <laughs> during the pandemic. Right. But we just found creative, creative ways to have dates to um, get out of the house, um, to even if it was like a happy hour together or, you know, going out for a picnic to try to just make that time to get out of our routines and, you know, talk about what excites us. And, you know, sometimes even too, I would, you know, do things like um, he loves that I do belly dancing and I realized during the pandemic, I hadn't done belly dancing in like five years. And, you know, I put my, my, um, my little belly dancing skirt on and I put on, <laughs> I took the little, you know, castanets and, and the veils and everything. And I just surprised him one, one day. And there are little things like that that I think are really important. And sometimes he surprises me like with little, you know, love notes and things like that. And, 
it's just to not take each other for granted, I think. And even if you go through periods where you kind of do, it's never too late, I think, to to remember <laughs> to uh, to try it again, to keep trying to find ways to reconnect and see each other in a new light. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, it's been amazing having this conversation with you, and hopefully non-monogamous people have been able to glean some of your wisdom for whatever type of relationship they're looking for right now, and it doesn't have to be the one and only. And that's one of the things I love about polyamory is because when I'm dating the people I'm dating in the polyamory pool are not looking for the one. So there's not this pressure mm-hmm. to be like everything. You know, you yeah. can find somebody that meets lots of criteria, but not necessarily all of them. And then somebody else meets the other, the rest of them that's lacking there. Um, so anyway, I think that we've learned a lot from you about how we can apply that into the polyamory world. So thank you so much for coming on the show, even though at first when I suggested that you were like, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I didn't know if, if they would, you know, if your listeners would find, you know, what I had to say, you know, valuable, but I was fascinated because I agree, like, you can't find everything you want in one person, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I was fascinated uh, to come on. So I'm really glad that you found value in, in what I had to say. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. And so are you willing to work with non-monogamous people if they wanted to get some coaching for, because a lot of non-monogamous people want a primary partner, you know, who is open to um, being mm-hmm. with other people, but not, you know, not necessarily, you know, there's a wide range of ethical non-monogamy. Some people want a, a primary partner they live with, and then they just have like light outside relationships. Other people want full-on love relationships, or like this woman I talked about who wanted solo polyamory, you know, she wants two or three different full-on relationships. So there's all different types of relationship structure, but it still takes that same thing you're talking about to find them. (laughs) Absolutely. I actually do have a client who wants ethical non-monogamy and actually sent her your quiz and um, told her to listen to your show because my goal is whatever is your ideal relationship structure, that's Mm -hmm. what you should have. Mm-hmm. And to not compromise on that. And I, what, no matter what it looks like, I really want to help somebody get there mm-hmm. and not feel, you know, shame because it doesn't fit in with the societal norm, but to really embrace it and, and get what you want. You deserve that. Life's tough mm-hmm. enough as it is. Get what you want. Right, exactly. And it sounds like as they go through this process, it really is a personal growth process for the person to find themselves and become whole in themselves and they might not have thought they were going to get that they might have come to you thinking like oh I'm going to find another person and that's going to make me happy but you're sending them back into themselves and helping them find happiness within themselves first is that right absolutely and whatever that means for them that's what they should have they don't have Mm -hmm. to fit into other people's expectations of what they should want for sure Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. beautiful well, why don't you take a few minutes to tell our listeners where they can reach you if they'd like more information and um, anything else that you want to offer them. Absolutely. So my website is mysoulmatecoach.com. And if they go to the quiz tab, I have a little gift if they're curious. I have a quiz about finding your top love block, you know, whether it's you know, fear of intimacy or commitment or lack of confidence, any number of things. 
And then I offer a free consultation if somebody feels in alignment with that and they, they want to explore um, how they might start removing that block, um, they can schedule a call with me. And if they just want to join the tribe and just, you know, or if they know someone who might need a help that they feel might be a fit for me, they can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram. And my handles are at my soulmate coach on both. Great. Well, thank you again for being on the show. And I wish you the best with your coaching and with your wonderful relationship. And you as well. I, I really am so excited that we, we had this chat today. I really loved being on your show. Thanks so much. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. So if you're still listening, we're going to be speaking with Carolyn Arnold, who's coming back again to the show because she has a new book that just came out called 50 First Dates After Age 50. So that's going to be a kick. Her book was just released today. We're going to talk to her next week. So please join us. We're going to be moving the starting time a little earlier. It's going to be 5.30 Pacific time. So please join us on Leading Edge Love Radio. We'll talk to you soon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.